Hello, and welcome to the Ramen Bowl Podcast. Today we have a brand new series called Versus. Today's episode is between Spider-Man PS5 versus Miles Morales PS5. So we're going to start this off with Spider-Man PS5. And how we're going to do this is we're going to do it how we do normal reviews, where we're going to start with the pros and then cons. In this case, we're going to start with Spider-Man pros and cons. Then we're going to move into Miles Morales pros and cons. And then I'm going to discuss and say which one I preferred. There's going to be a versus. I'm going to be comparing them. They are. I'm not rating either of them. They are just going to. We're just going to see which ones are better. Now I went through a lot, a lot of time to get this. I 100%ed each game, and with Spider-Man, I also did all its DLCs. It had three DLCs, so this took me quite a bit, but it was really worth it because it was really fun. But let's get right into the pros for Spider-Man PS5. Now, a quick thing I did want to say before I wanted to mention is I had already pre- I had previously I already bought Spider-Man for the PS4 as well as all of its DLCs. So I did not play the remastered edition. I was playing the normal edition on the PS5. I just wanted to put that out there in case they change things and I say something that was changed in the remastered. But, um, anyway, getting into it. Um, even though it was still for the PS4 and I was playing it on PS5, the graphics were still amazing. I still... It, it just looked great. I always enjoyed the city at night. That was always my favorite thing in these games. And it looked awesome. They did a good job on the graphics and detail of pretty much everything around. Nothing ever felt like it was rushed and the graphics were just bad. It always looked nice. And the graphics always stayed pretty well. They never like went untextured and looked really bad. It always had a texture on it and it always looked good. A lot of detail went into it. Um, so that's just always, uh, something I always start with these is quality. I love quality. I love graphics. It's got to look good. Moving on to the next thing, the fights. The fighting felt really good. It actually felt like you were hitting something and your punches and kicks meant something. We'll discuss more about that later on in cons and in Miles Morales. But for right now, I'm just going to say that it was good. It, it felt good hitting them you would see them actually stagger and get stunned and move um and they won't just stand there like they're punching bags so that felt really good it definitely added a layer to the game and just made it feel more immersive which i really enjoy um the suits the suits looked amazing now anytime i play one of these spider-man games whether i'm replaying it or i'm starting a new one i always take the time to unlock every single suit i am very big on cosmetics in game and I think the suits in this were very well designed. Not really the DLCs, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, but the, the regular suits in the main game looked awesome. I love them. I was always changing it up like every time I got on. Uh, my favorite was definitely, I think it was the 2099, I think the year is, the black suit, uh, which is the blue one with the red um, like arm spikes. I love that one. It's always my favorite. Um, but there were quite a lot of other suits that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and going back to the suit powers, um, or going back to fighting, sorry, the suit powers uh, were, were great. I love them, the skills, and like little, like, in my, I'm just going to call them perks, like if you've ever played Fallout. Um, but even just the um, powers you get for each suit when you unlock them, 
help out dramatically when you're in bigger fights. If you are trying to get crimes done really fast to get certain suits or challenges done, the I use the Web Blossom. I always use that and the guitar one. It always just made things easier. I use the Web Blossom when I'm on the ground when I'm doing crimes and when I'm up on a building, I would always use the guitar one so I could quickly get rid of all enemies and move right on. It really helps when trying to 1% the game. And being able to change them mid-fight, like if you're in a boss battle or if you are doing one of the bases, it just really helps so you can constantly keep changing your play style based on what's going on. If you're stealthing the beginning of it for the first wave, um, you can change it out to stealth stuff. If you want um, more defense like you're going up against a boss, you can change it mid-game and switch it when you need to. That always made the fights so much better and the game a little bit more easier and more enjoyable and can definitely being able to change in your play style and fighting style it made it very unique and I really enjoyed it and the fights were so much better with them. Um, the web gadgets as well were also very helpful. Um, they were I didn't really use a whole lot of them. I used the electric ones, the normal webs, and the uh, impact webs the most. That's all I really used. I didn't use the other ones. But during the screwball challenges, when you had to um, use two and only two gadgets, um, it was kind of cool to see how they can be used together. But I, while I didn't really use them all that much, it did help with certain battles and with certain things. Like when you're attacking, when you're being attacked by the bigger enemies that you can't just punch, the impact webs always helped. And whenever you're doing the um, bases and you need more tokens, the web gadgets definitely were easy ways to get extra points. Um, and staying on that same topic, the boss fights were very fun in the main game. Now, I am going to be doing each DLC as well. So right now we're talking about the main game and none of the DLCs. So the the boss fights were great. I really enjoyed them. I just I think they looked good. They the mechanics were well done. Um, the only one I didn't really like was Shockers, but we'll talk about that later. Um, the one with anytime you're fighting Martin Lee, I loved it. Every fight with Martin Lee was one of my personal favorites. It was so cool when you're inside of your head and you're fighting the massive demon that he's summoning and all the other like black like um, abyss enemies. It it was it looked amazing it was so cool i loved it it was creepy it did a really good job of showing how his power works and i think the fights were always just really unique and cool and it just looked good it felt good the mechanics were good everything was well done and they always were able to implement story into it even while you're fighting so they don't just constantly cut to cutscenes. um this like same like as I was saying, the story was fantastic. I the whole thing with Martin Lee and his past and attacking Mayor Osborne and the whole um, virus, uh, Devil's Breath was just really cool. And implementing Doc Ock into it at the end really made the game better and showed like the hidden villains. Um, it was really cool and taking down William Fisk in the beginning definitely showed even in the dlcs what happens because of that the consequences for taking him down so everything came up again everything made sense everything worked well with each other nothing was like oh that's just kind of random why the only thing that really felt random was taskmaster but i still enjoyed that i thought the taskmaster challenges were cool but we'll talk about that next um well later and the um all of them 
the story just made sense. The characters, most of them were good, and the um, the deaths were good, like uh, Aunt May's death. It hurt, man. First time I played that, it hurt, but um, which is good. So, because in Miles Morales, it didn't really do that. But again, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, they they do they wrote the story well. It was very well written and executed. I, nothing didn't make sense. Nothing just kind of was there. Everything worked well with each other. It flowed well. It was good. Um, as I was just saying, most of the characters were well were well written and were very good. Uh, the only exception is MJ, and in the cons, we'll talk about that a bit more. But all of them, like like I said, Aunt May was very good. Even Miles Morales was in this one, and I, even before he got his spider powers, he was still a cool character. And um, it was really cool to see how he met Peter and Spider-Man before knowing everything. And it, it was just cool to see how the characters evolved at, over time. Um, as I was just saying, Taskmaster... Taskmaster was challenges were really fun. I enjoyed them. I thought they were really cool. I liked how when you completed a certain amount of challenges, he would randomly attack you, and you'd have to fight him as he learned your fighting strategy and would use your moves against you, so you had to use different things. It was really cool, and I thought that was just awesome. I loved it. I would always make sure to do his challenges first so I could fight him, and it just made the game really enjoyable at the end. And in the same type of things, the side quests were great. They were fun. You re- you constantly needed to do them. You needed to go back and do them if you didn't do well on them to get the tokens to unlock suits and upgrade powers and all that. It just made it fun. Um, it did at the end when trying to 100% it, like with, with all the crimes, they get a little tedious, but it still was fun during the main game. I enjoyed... All the bases, the crimes, all of it, all the Taskmaster challenges. It was awesome. Even getting the pigeons when you had to like go after the pigeons, those were fun. The research stations, also fun. I really enjoyed those. I thought those were really cool and a little addition um, to add Harry into the game before the third game. Um, the stealth. Now, I'm not going to praise it heavily, but because it was it was okay but some parts were really cool the stealth takedowns were really cool and i liked it though they looked cool every time he would um lift them up with the webs and then slam them up against whatever you were standing on oh i would always be like ooh, like it, you could feel how uh and you could just kind of see how it did impact the character or the enemy that you were attacking it just it i like them um but we'll talk about stealth in the cons of this um the DLCs. Now we're not gonna get we're not gonna get into them yet. We're gonna get to those after the cons for the main game. But they were fun. I did enjoy them. Well, most of them. Um, they were well written. I think adding DLCs to the game definitely made it better and didn't leave things off on a cliffhanger. And it added to the game where it would have just ended. I think it definitely was a good addition, and they were played out well. Um, and just in general, the game was fun like there was never really a point where it felt boring it felt a little tedious at some points and i got a little frustrated with some things but it was always fun i never got bored i was always like yep i want to get back into this and i want to start i want to keep playing keep playing i played for hours it is just fun to play they're good games nothing really broke in my opinion it, I never really felt many bugs. There were a few, but nothing catastrophic. 
So it was just a well-developed game, and I always love to see that. Um, I love the twist with Harry not actually being in Europe. Now, I think this is described when you're trying to infiltrate Mayor Osborne's office to see what's going on there with Silver Sable. It, when you go into the lab and you see the cutscene afterwards that Harry isn't actually in Europe, he has the same disease as his mom and is dying, and they're using different things, which was teased to be Venom to bring the symbiotes into the third game. It was just well done, and I, I didn't even know because I don't, I didn't remember it, but I didn't know they teased the third game coming out in 2023 back in the very first main game. I thought that was crazy, and I just like how they added that detail in. It definitely added to the experience because you were constantly hearing. Harry's in Europe. Oh, I miss Harry because he's in Europe. Like, constantly hearing that and then realizing, oh my gosh, he's not actually in Europe. He's dying. Like, when MJ found the notebook saying of him describing, saying, hey, I'm, uh, I'm actually dying. I'm being taken into a hospital to have research done on me. It was just really cool, and you could definitely feel the shock of it towards the characters. Like, when MJ found out, it was just well written, and it you could feel it in the characters. And I think it was just a good twist that definitely is going to have an impact since the third game is going to be all about that. Um, the black cat side missions. And I want to, I brought this one specifically because it has to do with the DLCs, but the black cat side missions, while they were small, they were still fun. And I think they were a cool little cute way to introduce black cat into the story before her dlc in the first one and her and her appearance it was cool i before playing the game i didn't know who she was i didn't know black cat was a character um i thought it was a real an easter egg to batman but i think she was a cool character and i think these little like use the camera and find the the cats to see which building she's gonna do a heist next it was they were really fun i always enjoyed those those were the first side quests i got done because I just thought they were cool. So I just thought I'd uh, put that in its own little thing. So those are all the pros. We're going to get into the cons now. And as I said earlier, the stealth. I'm, I said I wasn't going to praise it heavily. The stealth was really dumb sometimes. And there were a lot of things I feel like they should have fixed or should have changed or added. Um, because I would attack, most of the time, this is what happened mostly, but I would attack an enemy while it said it was safe, and it would stay safe. And as I was going in, because the game keeps playing even when you're going to attack him, if it switched to danger for even a second as you were hitting him, you would get caught and everybody would be alerted. And that just made no sense. I wish that, well, I mean, it makes sense, but in gameplay mechanics, it really just messed me up multiple times. Especially in stealth-only missions during challenges, that would just get really, really annoying. So, and, and even another thing is, if there's one enemy left, like if you're doing full stealth missions, like with Taskmaster, when there's one enemy left, even if you get caught, you completely fail because he alerts the other enemies. But the logic behind that, it, it doesn't exist. If there's one enemy left, who is he going to call in the area to alert you? To get, I mean, yeah, he could call for reinforcements, but the dialogue is spider-man's here everybody get together like stuff like that like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and i just feel like that's dumb like even if he spots you you can stop him before he alerts everybody but no he's like oh he sees me i guess i'll just stand here and get shot like 
I, I don't know. I get the whole thing. It's like, oh, don't get spotted, even if there's one person left. But I always felt that was just dumb. I feel like there should that doesn't that shouldn't count. But again, that's just a me thing. Um, uh, that's about it for those. I did not enjoy the stealth at all in these games. That stealth I felt was a heavy, heavy thing, which you had to do most of the time. But I never really enjoyed it. Um. And here's just another thing I would add. So the bases you can do with like William Fisk and all that, and Martin Lee, I would, or even Hammerhead in the DLCs. If I feel like if you stealth the first wave, like completely stealth it, never get caught, you take down every enemy, you should complete that um, that base without having to do the six other waves that come after it. Because if you stealth all the enemies, or even if you just stealth most of them and there's one or two left, you'll automatically get spotted. And then the next wave will start. I found that to be kind of stupid. Because if they're calling for reinforcements because you took them all down, if you stealth them, nobody should call reinforcements to add more waves. I always felt that was kind of dumb and that's something they should have added. Where if you can stealth the whole thing on the first wave, then it'll stop. But if you get caught, then you have to do the six other waves to kind of push more of a stealth run if you wanted to. I I just felt like that was something they should have added instead of just constantly having you fight. Because in that case, stealth means absolutely nothing except it's going to take a bit longer, but you might not lose as much health. This was my biggest criticism for the characters was MJ. MJ was no- annoying throughout the entire game. Every time she spoke, I hated it. None of her lines were good. Her voice acting was okay. I just she was constantly annoying. And it was she was constantly reminding Peter of that she broke up with him. Every almost every line through the beginning to the middle was her saying, do you remember why we broke up? And I just don't understand why they did that. Like, it, it felt so out of place half the time. And it just, a mix with her, like, constantly nagging, like, just nagging in general, it just made no sense and just got really tedious towards the end. So I would most of the time just use a glitch to skip through um, dialogue options, not just with MJ, but with uh, mostly her lines, because... And then she would yell at him when he would save her, like when she was being held at gunpoint when she was sneaking into Sable's base. And then you saved her. She gets annoyed with you and just starts yelling at you. And it, I don't know. Her character just seemed really dumb when she shouldn't have been. Because in usually in the cutscenes, she's very smart, helping Peter figure out what's going on. And even in the movies, she's pretty smart. But every a, a lot of the time, they just made her seem really stupid. And I don't know why. But she got on my nerves really fast. And it just got really tedious and annoying and dumb. And I feel like they could have done a much better way, a much better job of portraying her character. But moving on from that, the button delay. Now, I had this happen on both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. So I don't know if it was the game or I just got a really bad coincidence that it happened on both consoles or it could just be both controllers. But I had a lot of the time where he just wouldn't dodge. Spider-Man would just kind of stand there. I'd be pressing the dodge button, and he would just... Nothing would happen. He would just kind of stand there and take the hit. And then sometimes it would kill me. Or sometimes it would drop me down to 1 HP. 
or sometimes he would just zip to the wall when I'm trying to take a picture. Like, even if you have the camera out, he will still just uh, web himself to a the side of a building or something when all, when he really should be taking a picture. So not entirely button delay like it is with the dodging, but there were some times where the command would just overlap some other command, like when you're trying to take pictures. And it just got annoying. Sometimes I wouldn't even press a button, like when I'm aiming the camera is when this happened a lot. I wouldn't press either the trigger or the bumper um, to take a picture. I, I wouldn't press anything to take the picture. I would just be aiming, and he would still zip to the wall, which got really stupid. It even happened during some of the um, research station missions where he would just, when you have to shoot the uh, the billboards, he would just, instead of shooting them, he would just zip to them for no reason, and then you have to spend an eternity trying to get him off the building because he just decides to crawl around or just jump a little bit. So, the but sometimes the commands just would not work. I don't know if that was just a me thing or if the game was a bit buggy. But again, I didn't play on the remastered, so that could be it. Um, now, I was praising the boss fights, but I did say that there was one of them that I did not like entirely. Um, and that was the shocker boss fight towards the beginning of the game. The area that you were in with the bank was really small, and there were so many different, like, bumps in the environment and in the arena that sometimes you would just lose vision. Like, it would just kind of, like, go in front of you, or you'd go into first person really quick, and it would just mess you up. And sometimes, because of the angles, you couldn't grab onto things to throw at him, so you would just constantly get hit and drop down to, like, really low HP. And that got really annoying. The shocker boss fight took me multiple attempts because of the same thing, where the angle of where you were, you couldn't grab onto the debris to throw at him, and that would just really mess me up, because then he would get right up and attack me. Or when I'm, like, swinging around, he can still hit you even if you dodge, because the area is so small. Like, I wish they had, like, had him destroy the bank so you're out in the open, kind of throwing debris at him instead of just being inside a little tiny building. It just it didn't really make a whole lot of sense and just got really annoying. But we'll talk more about those when we hit the other DLCs. Um, so, I, same thing. It didn't just happen in boss fights, but sometimes the, op the option to throw something wouldn't show up. I had multiple boss fights. Well, it didn't end any runs, and it would just kind of like happen, and then I'd have to like move around a bit. And then, uh, like, a really specific angle, it would give me the ability to um, pick up an object and throw it. It just wouldn't work sometimes. Even if I did do it, he'd kind of grab it, throw it, and nothing would happen. Now, obviously, I don't think that was a part of the boss fight sometimes because every time, other time I threw it at him, it would stun him and then I'd hit him. So it, a lot of the times it just didn't work. So, and there were not just that. That was just the main one I realized. But it was, I don't know if it was a bug or, you know, all that. But it just wouldn't work sometimes. Like, commands wouldn't, um, wouldn't ping. Like, nothing would happen. Nothing would proc. And it just really got up tedious towards the end of the game. And just kind of got annoying. Like I said, it didn't end a whole lot of runs. But during the Shocker boss fight, it definitely did. Um, the Sable enemies got really annoying towards the end of the game when they started coming after you because of their armor. You could not web them, and they took many, many hits to break their armor, and then you still had to take them on again. So it, it doing their um, bases 
took so long because you had to do other things. Now, yes, you could web them to get it, but there's so many different enemies in the air throwing grenades at you, shooting things that can stun you, and just everything's happening all at once and shooting you. It just didn't go well. It would just take forever, and I lost many times. I never enjoyed doing the stable bases. They took forever, and they had they just were bullet sponges. That's all they were, like damage sponges. That You would hit them and hit them and hit them and hit them, and then their armor would break. And then you still got to hit them more. Like, it, it didn't really add anything. It just made them take longer and more made them more tedious. Um, the same thing with Sil- Silver Sable made no sense as a character. I still liked her as a character. Towards the in- like towards the DLCs, she became a really good character. But in the main game, she made no sense. And her writing was all over the place. Because when Mayor... Uh, not Mayor Osborne. Um, Martin Lee... When you were going after him in the hospital, I think it was, she was like, she was trying to kill you while you're going to get Martin Lee. And every time you're like, hey, I'm also trying to go get Martin Lee, she would just not care. And she would still come after you, she would still attack you. And then she'd be like, hey, we're working together. But then immediately afterwards, try and kill you. Like, she took you to the hospital and all that. And then as soon as you got out, she'd be pummeling you down with her guns. Like, it, it made no sense. Yes, she said a few times, like, oh, once we're done with getting at Martin Lee, we're done. And I won't help you anymore. But she still took you to the hospital. She still helped you recover. She still, when you asked her to take you to feast, she still did. But then immediately after, still kept trying to kill you. And it, it didn't make sense. And her writing was just all over the place. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But later on in the DLCs, her writing got much better. Um... When you were when trying to get the one shot one shot suit where you can one shot somebody any enemy with one hit, but you can also get one hit, it took a decent amount of time to get done with all the crimes. Now this isn't really a con. I'm just saying that it was really tedious because each district you have to get I think it was five crimes for each type of enemy. Even some would have multiple types of enemies, like it could be um, escaped criminals and Sable, but it would only count for escaped criminals, even though you took down Sable. So it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense sometimes, and it just got tedious and didn't pay off as much as it should have. Obviously doing all the other side stuff, like getting the backpacks and all that, have other things that it gives you, but doing the crimes and all that just took way too long for a suit that I didn't even use. It just, the payoff was not worth it. Now, yeah, I didn't have to do it, but I wanted to try it 100% the whole game to get more data. But again, not really a con, just something I didn't enjoy a whole lot. And this is going to be my biggest con throughout this entire thing talking about the first game. Screwball. Screwball was quite possibly the worst character in this entire game. She sucked. In every DLC, every single one she got worse. I hated doing her challenges so much, but I had to. And she got so annoying when she would just randomly call. And I don't understand. You arrested her for faking a kidnapping and planting bombs, and yet she still gets out in like a week and continues to do the same thing. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll just keep playing these games. And every time, like in the second DLC, where you track her down, she's just not there because she has plot armor and can just throw away chips and use separate phones, even though you're tracking the phone she's using. It didn't make sense. Screwball sucked. 
her challenges were incredibly difficult and really annoying. They didn't get difficult until the DLCs, but they were still annoying. And I hated her. Every time she is on screen, or talking to you, or I'm doing a challenge, I want to die. It is dreadful playing her challenges or listening to her. It is awful. But, and believe me, you're going to keep hearing that throughout this podcast episode. But let's move on to the heist. Now these, I'm not going to go like pros and cons. It's going to be a mix because of how short they are. So we're going to start with the first heist, or sorry, the first DLC, which was called The Heist. Now this introduced Black Cat as a main character. She is a main character throughout the whole DLCs, her and Sable and Hammerhead. Those are kind of the main characters. Um, But the first DLC I really enjoyed. This was my favorite out of all the three. Um, it was really good, the characters were good, the suits were good, um, the characters were good, everything just was fun. The story was just well written, um, the side missions were fun to do, the twists were awesome, um, like with the, with Black Cat's dad, who was the original Black Cat, and trying to find his hidden paintings, I really enjoyed doing those. The story that he built every time you get a new painting was awesome, and I enjoyed hearing about it and learning and the twist that he was actually the original black cat and how he faked his death to get away from the magia it just was fun i enjoyed it the fighting was good the action everything just was fun and good to do nothing felt rushed nothing felt tedious it was just all around a good time other than screwball's challenges because she's in every dlc afterwards um and also, and this was my favorite part of this DLC that I just still laugh at when I'm thinking about it, the internal conflict between Peter and trying to figure out if he was Black Cat's son. So Black Cat said that, I, don't know, I might call her Felicia as well, but she was like, oh, yeah, I need your help because Hammerhead stole my son, and now I have to help him if I want to get him back. So Peter's just thinking throughout the entire game the entire dlc just holy crap i'm a father or am i a father because we dated and all that and then when he eventually told mj that this happened and what he was thinking she starts freaking out so then he keeps freaking out and they keep talking about it and it's really funny and really well written and i always laughed at it um so the whole thing with uh, the flash drives um, connecting to the Magia's wealth, that was really cool, and I enjoyed that. It was very interesting to know that each one of them was connected to each family. It was really cool. Um, and I put this in here. I After playing the third DLC, I probably should have taken it out, but I said Black, Black Cat's death kind of hurt um, because at the time we thought she died because she wasn't in the at the end she died of the first game or the first dlc and then the second game she wasn't in there and then comes to save you in the third one so throughout that time until that happened we thought black cat died and it kind of hurt because she was a really well done character she was really funny she was cool like she actually made a her she had a purpose in the plot like she wasn't just kind of there um i was kind of disappointed though that um they confirmed and i did i I did real i did know that she didn't actually have a son and that she was just using peter but it was kind of disappointing to find out which was you know it was just kind of funny 
But, um, and the one thing I didn't like about this DLC was the constant stealth missions. I would be, like, to mid-game of the DLC, and I had already done, like, a hundred stealth missions, and I'd be like, okay, when am I gonna fight a big battle? A lot of them, you could just fight normally, but they were like, hey, yeah, you might want to just stealth these ones. Like, it would start you off, and they'd be like, yeah, try and take them out quietly. Like, you could attack them normally, but it just, they would prefer you stealth them, which kind of got redundant after a while, but eh, it was okay. Now, the next DLC, hoo boy, DLC 2, Turf Wars. One thing I have to, well, there's a lot I have to say about this, but the main thing is, this DLC sucked. I hated it. It was so bad, and I enjoy. I did not enjoy any part of it, and as soon as it ended, I was so happy. It was dreadful to play. So, as with always, Screwball's challenges sucked big time, because they got a buff, because in the stealth missions, where you have to only stealth, and if you get caught, you restart the whole mission, she added motion detectors, where if you got... If you went through them, the light, you get caught instantly and have to restart. So you could be on the last enemy, and you could web zip or swing over to them, but if you go through that light, you're caught and you have to restart the whole thing. And you're on a timer. So you're trying to beat the clock while stealthing and not trying to get caught and doing all this stuff. It is stressful, and it is stupid, and I hated them, and I, they took me a long time. They took me too much time, honestly you get done um another part of it you could web them up but they would break after like three seconds so it was useless and even you had to hit them in a very specific spot or else nothing would happen like you could shoot them and nothing would happen you keep shooting nothing you have to hit them directly in the center of the light and it really sucked um, but anyway, moving on from Screwball's challenges, because I'm just going to keep saying that it, they sucked and she's an awful character. The boss fight was awful. The only boss fight in this was against Hammerhead in version one of Project Olympus that he stole from Sable. He gets this suit on because he wants to live forever and not die and be powerful. But it sucked. The whole boss fight was awful. There was no part of it I enjoyed. The arena was super small, and even if you went inside of, like, like there was a little... It was open, and then there was, like, an enclosed part of it, because you were in a construction site. If you went in there, you could not fight, because there were pillars everywhere, and walls, and boxes. It was bad. You could not see. You had no openness. You would constantly jump to first person, and then back to third person, and spin around. Things would get in your way, so it sucked. I did not enjoy that, so you would constantly have to stay out there while constant minions are attacking you at the same time. He's charging at you. You had to shoot him with webs, but even if you did that, he might sometimes break out, so you have to just get lucky and pray to God, I guess. It was not fun, and it didn't take me as much as my first attempt when I played this game for the very first time. It took me it took me uh, two tries. I got it on my second um, attempt, but it still sucked and was difficult, and before doing that, you have to protect the Dons, from being buried in cement while sta- while fighting against multiple and en- many many waves of enemies with very powerful equipment, as they are constantly you have to fight them off and defend the um, uh, cement truck so they don't go over there and start dumping more cement. And then at the end, you just have to be quick about it, take out the enemies, and then web up the cement truck because it broke, 
and it's just gonna keep dumping cement so you have to beat up these enemies really fast and then web it and it got really dumb and i died many times because all the enemies were powerful and way too overpowered um as i was just talking about it was overly difficult this dlc sucked and just was too difficult for its own good and just it didn't need to be as difficult as it should have been it really didn't and it they just in my opinion i think they just made it that way nothing felt flushed out everything felt way too op and had everything was just a damage sponge so it, it was not fun the minigun enemies were way too op if they shoot you one hp they hit you with the gun one hp and the logic behind that, i don't know where the logic was actually because they have a minigun no matter what you do they take no damage you could throw a cinder block at their head but because they have a minigun they're god they cannot be killed they cannot be hurt not a scratch and it was just dumb it, it gave them immunity to punches anything thrown at them any type of um web gadget even if you shot them with the impact web or anything they would just instantly break out you the only way to do it is to perfectly dodge their attack with the minigun but only when they shoot you and then you can hit them three times before they punch you back and drop you down to half HP. So that was not fun. And another enemy I did not like was the jetpack enemies. They didn't fly. They just would dash towards you, leaving a trail of red electricity, which would hurt you. Which was not fun, because when you had to zip over to them to attack them, they were standing in that said red electricity, which would hurt you while you're punching them, which was not good. It would drain your HP very, very fast. And when there's multiple, you would constantly get hit. And even if you're up in the air, they'll still just dash upwards towards you. And always, and you would always land in the um, red electricity. Always. Always happened to me. Because you can't swing because you were stunned. Because that's just how it works. Um, the bases were too small for the amount of dodging and the type of enemies that were there. Most of them are ranged attacks, or they're all going to dash towards you, and it required a lot of dodging and skill and precision. But they were really small, because they were underground in, like, abandoned subway stations, so you're, like, having pillars and debris constantly around you, and you have to, like, swing, and it just, they were too small, I couldn't see half the time. Um, there was no real good places to hide or gain health for a little bit, because it was so small, all the enemies could just walk to you in, like, a second. It was not fun at all, and it made it really hard to dodge their attacks. And even then, dodging didn't always work. Like I said before, the button delay or something, where you just kind of stand there or not dodge, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Whip guys were equally as annoying as they were in all the DLCs and in the main game. Uh, they couldn't be webbed up, even if you used your ultimate. Nothing would happen to them. Um... They do a lot of damage. If you go up in the air, like if you uppercut somebody, but they're there, even somewhat near you, they could just whip you and throw you down to the ground and stun you and then keep whipping you. You could hit them like three times before they par dodge and parry you, which just got really annoying. And especially when there's like three of them all at you at the same time, that equals not a fun time and constant pain, which was not fun in the slightest um, and a quick plot hole I noticed in this DLC is I don't understand how Hammerhead gets shot in the head by Yuri, because at the end she walks up with the sable gun, points it at his head, and shoots him. And yes, he does have the metal um, plate in his head, but he still dies. 
because they like put him in a body bag and take him away. They take his pulse. He's dead. But then one of the cops is actually a mole and was working for him. So then he takes a taser, tases his chest, and boom, he's back to life. He's he's alive. Oh my gosh, he's God now. He can't die as a zombie. It, it made no sense. Like, oh, yeah, if you shoot somebody in the head, as long as you tase them, oh, they're back to life, it's fine. It made no sense. Mega plot hole. And then he comes back in the third one at, with a bionicle suit. I don't know. It was weird. But let's get into the third DLC, Silver Lining, which was much, much better than the second DLC. So the beginning of the fight was about Silver Sable. You're chasing down Magia, who keep taking Silver Sable supplies, which are needed for the civil war in Simcaria, her home country, which she is running the rebellion for. So they're taking it and all that, so you're chasing them down. You meet the jetpack guys who do actually fly and just throw like little mines in the air that are made of the red electricity that hurt you and stun you and will throw you to the ground if you swing in them. I never really got hit by them except when I was chasing the drones that at the uh, end of Screwball's mission. But her big entrance was Silver Sable was really cool. I enjoyed it. So she would come down. She fought the guy, almost killed him actually, and then you fought her because, you know, you're pacifist you're not trying to kill anybody even though you're throwing people on their necks so that was a really fun fight i enjoyed it because she would like parry you and block so even if you would hit her a few times she would dodge and kind of parry you but it wasn't like the other enemies where they parried you and you would just get hit and it would be really annoying because this would work well and you could still dodge that the other ones you would just get hit so it was really cool and it was a really fun fight and I really enjoyed doing it, and I think it was pretty funny because he was just constantly trying to talk her out of it, and she's just really trying to beat the crap out of him. Um, and it was definitely a very unique fight, nothing like we've seen before. So, and I was just talking about this, the jetpack enemies. I didn't like them. I hated them in the other game. I hated them now. They just suck. They have a lot of defense because all of the Maji enemies, including the miniguns, including the jetpack enemies... They all have more armor now, more of a damage sponge. Everybody took the same amount of hits as the Sable enemies took in the main game when you were doing the bases, which I talked about previously. So you would put mix that with the already OP enemies, and now they are just much harder to take down and take a lot more time. Which was not fun in the slightest and just got really, really, really annoying. Um, like, so, but... The whole, like I said previously, the whole story of the Civil War helping, um, happening in her country and how she's running the rebellion against the dictator who's ruling it was really cool. So you're having to, like, stop, this, just stop the Magia in general from doing bad and killing a bunch of people because I don't really know what Hammerhead was going on about. I think he just wanted genocide or something. But he, but you're also doing it to get the supplies back so you can send them off to Simcaria to help the rebellion and help in the war against the dictator. And I just think that was awesome. It's a little too realistic nowadays. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And the MJ actually brings this up in a pretty decent line where she's doing research in it constantly to try and build more awareness for it since the, the U.S. government and all the other countries are ignoring it because they don't want to help. 
uh, against the dictator, she actually goes over there to help in the fight and send footage of what's happening in the war. And I just think that's really cool. You don't see anything, but you hear a lot about it. And they did a really good job of writing it in and building that world and story. And it was really interesting. It was really cool and sad to hear about because you were heard about the constant deaths. And when you the bases in this are still the same as before, except you're going down in the sewers. And in this case, instead of just taking down Majin, getting their information, you're just helping get back those supplies to send to Simkaria, which I felt was a lot better than just trying to find dirt on them. Like there was in the second and first game. Um, and by game, I mean DLC. But yeah. Now this DLC I felt was really funny. I think that while it was serious with the whole war thing, it was really comedic. And there was one scene that um, I just could not stop laughing at when Spider-Man and Silver Sable were trying to work together. It He kept trying to get a high five from her when they were taking down one of the bases when she got kidnapped because she's an idiot and kept going into all the traps. So the whole time he during this mission, every cutscene, he is trying to get a high five. And it is so funny watching him trying to get this high five and she keeps ignoring him and calling him a child. It's really well done and was really funny. I was laughing hysterically. Because um, so, him and Silver Sable were definitely opposites and they worked really well together to just make really funny moments. So they definitely did well with the writing. Um, the Hammerhead mech suit that he did, because he wanted to become even more immortal, he just cut off his head and put it on a big skeleton robot suit that Sable had for some reason. Um, this is what I'm going to call Project Olympus Volume, or Volume, yeah, Version 2. It was really cool. We didn't get to see it much. You saw it, like, once during a cutscene and then at the very end of the game, and even then you didn't see it much. But what we did see of it, it looked really cool. Like, I, I don't really like Hammerhead. He's kind of like the Orochimaru of, um, of the Spider-Man games. He just will not die. He just keeps coming back. But I think his mech suit was really, really cool looking. Like, it, it just, it, well, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And his head did not look very good on it. The suit itself looked really cool. It was like this dark blue and gray with the metal. And it was like glowing. It had like a rib cage. It just looked really cool with the um, skeleton aspect of the robot suit. It was really powerful too. Um, and the same thing. And this was kind of a con, kind of not. It's just kind of there. And like I just said, Hammerhead became the Orochimaru of the Spider-Man games because he is in every single DLC and no matter what you do, he will not die until the very end. The very end of the game, you do eventually kill him, but who knows, he'll probably come back in the third one because he just won't die because you can just taser him, you know? You cut his head off, you punch him, you blew up his head, just tase it right back together. But, um... It, it was kind of annoying, and I wish they had changed it up and added more villains instead of just keeping Hammerhead. Like, I think they could have gotten Mysterio, they could have gotten the Lizard Man, they could have gotten so many other villains that are smaller and still pretty cool. And they obviously were going to be releasing Spider-Man, I think it was Far From Home with Mysterio. So they, while it wasn't around the same time, they probably could have done that to promote that movie. Now, I guess it would be years um, in the years prior before the movie came out so that doesn't really work 
but I still think it would have been cool to just see other villains except for just constantly the same villain over and over again who didn't do anything but just change his appearance and become God, apparently. So, just something small. Um, another thing is, I wish we could have done more with Simcaria. The DLC, this one was probably the shortest. It, I was able to beat this in a day. Like, less than a day. It, it did not take me long at all, to even to 100% it. Um, I wish they had done more, like maybe him going to Simcaria for a little bit. Like, they could have made this so much larger. But instead, they just left it there with the whole war thing. They don't talk about it anymore after that. Just, oh yeah, you got all these supplies. Thank you. We're never going to talk about this again. So, I don't really understand why they did that. I wish it would it would have been really cool if, like, get that fight with Hammerhead out of the way, like, the first fight. Kind of like how they did with William Fisk in the main game. And then send you to some Karya to help fight there. I think that would have been cool, but... I can see why they didn't do it, but I really feel like it was a missed opportunity for the game. But I still enjoyed it, so... Because the side missions and the crimes were kinda dumb. There was one that I enjoyed at the very end of the game, you have to beat the final boss to get them, is with Yuri, after she got fired for going AWOL. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, the twist with Black Cat was really cool. I... It was, I didn't, I thought she was dead. Well, in my head, I was probably like, yeah, they're going to bring her back in this cool twist way. But we were at the very end of the game, and we still hadn't seen anything. And I'm like, all right, maybe she did actually die and just commit suicide. But no, she came back, and it was really well done. Well, you didn't see her very much, she kind of just, like, pulled you through one of the buildings so you didn't die. It was cool to see them interact and him being like, holy crap you're alive and i'm not a dad so um and then you don't see her after that she goes into hiding and just kind of tries to live her life normally um like her dad did so and she said she would go straight and stop stealing everything and just kind of live a normal life so it was a quick kind of reunion but it was still kind of cool to see the twist and know that she's not dead um and in a non- weird turn of events uh, screwballs challenges still suck i never enjoyed these at all all of them sucked there was not one good one this is the thing i hated about this dlc the most um the only fun part i enjoyed about screwballs challenges is at the very end she has this huge party for hitting 500 million um followers on social media so she has this party at the end of all of her challenges, and you go there using Miles' help to figure out where she is, because you didn't obviously get invited, and then you have to chase her through the uh, the streets of New York and on the rooftops as she's filming it, and you have to like take down drones and all that, and eventually at the end, you tackle her onto a building, and you arrest her. Best part of the game right there is finally taking down Screwball. I hated her so much. It was worth it. It was so worth doing all those challenges just to see that. And they actually added it to a side mission. It wasn't just like a little cutscene at the end. It was an actual mission that you got to do, which I felt was a little bit better than just doing her challenges and hearing some cutscenes like, haha, you can't get me today, Batman. Like, you know, like, I don't know why I said Batman, but it just it didn't make any sense. Like, with all the other times, like, she's using the phone to call and you're tracking that phone, but it's not actually her phone and she's not actually there. Like, it didn't make sense um, in those, but this time it was good that you actually got to take her down and hope she stayed arrested 
Um, so, and this is something I wanted to touch on quite a bit, and which is why I waited. But Yuri's challenge, or not challenge, her side story was really deep. Like it got to deck, like kind of like it was kind of like Dexter, and she got she went AWOL, right? She killed, she went crazy, she quote unquote killed Hammerhead by shooting him in the head. She got fired, and because she got fired, um, she couldn't go after the Magia anymore. And the reason she went after the Magia. And Hammerhead actually got research and dirt on her to do this and make sure she went AWOL was because her father, before her, before she became the chief, got fired because he was accepting bribes because he was a dirty cop from Hammerhead and would let them go and let them get away with crime. So she wanted to make up for that, so she went crazy and killed him. And after this, she found out that there was a Magia hitman killing a bunch of important people to her. And she leaves a bunch of these murder like um crime scenes with like the the outline of the dead body and all that and you have to listen to these um therapy like recordings from her and her therapist and this magia guy who comes in and tries to bribe the doctor to get dirt on her so he can kill yuri now the cop the therapist is an actual cop undercover so he's like a double agent um he ends up dying and yuri kills him and you know you do all this and you kill uh she kills him you hear she calls you and you hear um she's like yo go here and you find him very 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 cut up and shot and being tied to a water tower and is very dead and she goes on about how she likes killing and when she wants to kill more bad people and she's like becoming a serial killer and like Dexter, where you know they're killing, I think it's Dexter where he kills um, serial killers or just bad people. Um, and they, he's like, and Spider Man's like, "Oh, you better not do this. Oh, I'll stop you." And she's like, "Oh, come head, go ahead." But then you don't do anything. Literally, right after that, nothing happens. There was no uh, mission after that. It just stops. You never do anything about it, and nothing happens in Miles Morales that has to do with Yuri. So. That was a very missed, very missed um, area, I think. I think they could have greatly expanded that into a story where you're trying to stop a upcoming serial killer, which in this case would be Yuri. So those were... Well, actually, there's one more thing. The arenas were really small for the um, same thing I said with the second DLC. For the... Um, bases, they were still really small. Now, a few of them were bigger, and I did enjoy the look of them. They were still really small for the amount of dodging you'd need to do and uh, swinging and aerovating. Um, and like I said in the other ones, so I'm not going to go crazy onto it. They were really small, and I feel like they should have been bigger or more open, so you had more room to dodge. So that is going to be it for the Spider-Man PS5 game. Um, it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. The second DLC was the only thing I just absolutely despised about it. So we're going to get right into Miles Morales, and there were no DLCs for that, so we're just going to go pros and cons, and then we will um, rank it, and we'll figure out which one's the better one. So let's start with the pros for Miles Morales. Um, number one, 
um, the ray tracing is amazing. Now, obviously, this was made and was one of the first games out on the PS5, so it was made to have the next-gen power and graphics and all that, and it looked amazing. The ray tracing looked great. The graphics, the 4K, it just looked incredible and so realistic, and I think they put a lot of time, and while it was a short game, I definitely think that the graphics... Um, did better than the like it was really short so i feel like they spent more time on the graphics than they did the actual like story and game which i think was okay the graphics looked amazing the suits looked really cool with it as well so because of all that you could see like the reflections in his eyes the shadow effects it just looked really nice with the different types of suits and i always love the suits in these games so and aside from the fact that the suits already looked amazing it just it just added to it um, the city looked incredible, especially at night with all the night lights and the, uh, like I said, the reflections and the shadows, even though it was at night, you could still see like the light gleams and all that. It's just, it just looked really nice. And I definitely think this one wins in graphics, obviously. And I really wish I got to see what the, uh, other Spider-Man game was like, uh, with a remastered made for the PS5. Um... So we're going to start right this. The programmable matter that the Underground uses, which is the kind of like uh, Martin Lee's gang. They're like the demons of this game. Um, they use this thing called programmable matter that, spoiler alert, Finn creates because she becomes the leader of this gang, obviously the Underground. And it's this cool purple like tech stuff that like uh, like materializes in their hands and then becomes an actual weapon. And it looks so cool, and it mixes well with the black and dark blue and the purple, so it just looks really nice. And with the ray tracing and shadows, it just looks awesome with everything. And I just love the look of it. I well, sometimes the enemies were were really hard to kill. I was still like, wow, that looks cool. Like it just they did a really good job of making the um, programmable matter look good. Uh, Miles, so we're going to get right into the characters here. Miles was written very well. He was a amazing character. He, his whole thing, because pretty much the whole thing of this game is Peter leaves with MJ to go to Europe because she wants him to be the photographer because apparently she doesn't care that he needs to protect the city and all that and that he has a job, but whatever. So he leaves the newbie Miles, who is just recently out of spider training, to protect the city, which is when all this happens with Roxxon and the underground. So he's doing all this, so he has, to, he has to learn what it's like to be Spider-Man while you're playing the game and trying to protect it from all these guys. So it's really cool to see him kind of learning and growing as a character. So the character development is very heavy in this game, and I just think that was really it was really well done. And his voice actor was did an incredible job. I mean, he... The, the lines never sounded forced or like he didn't want to be there. Like, which is, again, another thing I always look for is the voice acting has to be good. And I think they did an amazing job with this. Um, Roxxon. Roxxon was a great villain organization. How they were promoting this clean and powerful, safe energy of these new generators made with um, this new energy and power. And how they're actually killing people like the people who made it the reason finn goes off the walls is because her um i think it was her older brother uh died from what created it 
created this power um and then died because of it he got really bad i think it was either i think it was blood cancer he got really sick because of it and a lot of the people who were making it got sick and um roxon knew this and continued to uh make it and was going to put it in the generator near harlem which would have killed everybody there because of it just made people sick even Ro- even the underground when they were stealing the um canisters of the energy some of them were even saying how it was making them sick so it was a cool way to see like this pollution and all that for money and greed it was he was a really good villain like it really he was really well written um so genki was a good replacement for yuri in the first game yuri was kind of the person who talked to you about the crimes and helped you through the story and all that but in this it was miles best friend genki now genki was a tech genius and made the app that allows you to um tell activities and crimes, which were activities were just kind of like small things that were like little side missions, while crimes were, you, you know, crimes, like the little missions you have to do. So he was really, he was a good character. He was really funny. And they had a really good relationship and they, they were written well. Um, and they just worked well together. And it was really funny to hear them talk to each other because he was making a game. So Miles constantly like, hey, I played that level. And he's like, what? How? So he would like freak out about certain things. It, it was just really well done and their relationship was well was well written and i always like to see that um moving on to more of the combat aspect the stealth was a lot more fun in this and it felt a lot more flushed out um in the other game you just you got caught you got caught in this because you could go invisible so if you've ever seen the movie into the spider-verse miles can go invisible because of his power and that made stealth so much easier. And yes, you could go invisible in the other game. It was like a little device you threw down, though, so it wasn't really all that good. But it was just really well done, and I enjoyed the stealth in this. I usually took the stealth more than just full-on attacks, like I did in the first game. Because even if you did get caught, like when I would do rocks on bases, you could still swing away and hide because you could go invisible. So you could stealth all the bases and all these missions, which made it so much easier than just, oh, yeah, swing and hope to God you don't get seen. This made it a lot more easier because of these um, invisibility and being able to, like, silence your footsteps and all that. So it, it really it really was a lot more flushed out, and I think it was better than the one in the other game. The bioelectricity skill I'm going to talk about in pros and cons, but for the pros right now, it was very useful. It was, I used it all the time, and I think it was a good way to attack. It was good, because his punches didn't really do anything. They never, like in the first game, how I said they would always look like they the punches were doing something, like to the enemies. This one, they didn't really do anything. So, yeah. it. But um, the, the, the attacks were really cool, because the finishers that you can do, uh, a lot of them, most of them required bioelectricity which is what they called it. They called it Venom, which I'll talk about later. So it was really cool, and some of the attacks you could do would, made fighting so much easier. So when you were in like any training you uh, that Peter did, you could still... It, would, it wouldn't be as difficult, I think is what I'm trying to say. It made it a lot more easy. Kind of like the... Um, the perks, like in the other ones, the upgrades. And, and, and while you still had those, this made it even more easier. 
And the same thing I said with the other game. The game was fun. The game was really fun. I never wanted to stop playing. It was just all around a very enjoyable game. And I just talked about this as well. The Spider-Man challenges. So as Peter left, um, he left Miles a present for, you know, completing training. He left them holographic versions of himself to teach him different spider skills. And doing them would increase, um, like, different things you can do with uh well fighting stealthing and swinging now i will talk about the some of those in the cons but for right now i i really enjoyed them because unlike screwballs challenges and taskmasters challenges they were tiered so you would do um let's just say stealth number one which would start off pretty easy you know and then it would once you were doing that it would move to a different location and you would get stealth number two once you completed that, you get stealth number three. And then you'd be done with them. And then same thing with fighting and swinging. So it made it a lot easier, and it wouldn't just start you off, here's the hardest challenge at random go. It, it definitely eased you into it, which I felt was a lot better, especially because when I first played it, I was coming new, pretty much new to the controls because I completely forgot them because the other game had been... I played it um, way, way earlier. So I definitely enjoyed that. And then at the end, you get a final challenge, which was kind of, it was just like one of the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland or with Vulture, where he pretty much is like, oh yeah, this is my first fight with Vulture. I'm going to make it a holograph or a hologram is what I mean. And you have to fight a holographic Vulture in front of the college, which was fun. It was a good fight. It was easy and was just really well done. And I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was just, it was cool. I enjoyed them a lot more than the Taskmaster and Screwball challenges. Now, the twist with Finn being the leader of the Underground was, I did see coming, but I think was still a very good twist. You could see, even just Miles, even in Miles' face, you could see his shock and like, holy crap, Finn, you were leading the Underground? Now, she didn't know it was him until the end of the game, pretty much. Um, but he knew Finn was part of the underground, so he's got to, like, pretend he's not Spider-Man and, like, like, oh, hey, I uh, figured out you're running the underground. And he has to be Miles while also be Spider-Man, knowing that his, one of his best friends is running the um, underground, which is the main, kind of like the main villain of the whole thing. Um, the cat named Spider-Man at the end of the game, I really enjoyed. It was really cute. Once you got done... Uh, with one all the activities, you got a suit that you put a backpack on, and the cat named Spider-Man just sits in the back wearing a little Spider-Man mask. And it was adorable. It was so cute, and I loved it. It was a cool little uh, thing to add at the end. So we're going to get into the cons, and I'm going to be very harsh with this one. I was very harsh with the other game as well, so I'm not just going to be harsh with this one. Um, but there, there are not a lot of cons, but there are big big things that I think needed to be fixed. Starting off, and I just talked about her, Finn. Finn, in my opinion, was an absolutely awful character. Her backstory was good, but she was just dumb, and her character was not well-designed. Like, yeah, he lied to her once, and never really about joining the underground. He was like, oh yeah, I want to join you, I want to help you, I think what you're fighting for is good. When in reality, he just wanted to sneak into their headquarters. But yeah, he lied to her once, 
And then from there on out, he just she just assumed every time he talked to her that she was lying that he was lying. And then the one time she somewhat sided, I believe, him, the uncle or Roxanne attacked and kidnapped them. And then he's like, "Holy crap, my uncle did this. He sold me out." And she's like, "Holy crap, you did this. You got me kidnapped." Even though he also got kidnapped. So she just was really stupid. And I don't understand her approach to this whole Roxanne thing. Like, yeah, your brother died making um, this energy, this new energy source. And your solution to that is first breaking and entering and trying to find, like show people that it's deadly. And that doesn't work. Her next best, I hear, she's like, oh, next best option, terrorism. Because why not? Why not domestic terrorism? It's fine. So she's blowing things up. She's ta- she's attacking political. Even Miles' mom, she attacks one of her rallies and attacks people. She, like, hurts people and then blames it on him for no reason. Like, she sent men out there to just cause chaos and blow things up, and it, it was not good. She literally sets all of New York on fire, pretty much. Like, the whole place is, a like, an apocalyptic zone, a war zone. And she's just kind of like, yeah, this is good. This will solve problems. And Miles tries to Miles tries to talk her out of it multiple times. Like, hey, listen, yeah, I know you're mad, but you're kind of considered a terrorist right now, so uh, you might want to stop. But she was just like, no, no, this is the best. This is the only thing that can stop this this um, this very small company, Roxxon, from making these generators because going and post you know like doing other things and being an activist and actually getting evidence nah no 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 let's just let's just try and kill people it was stupid um or when she did save miles when he tried to destroy the roxon reactor because she wouldn't believe him when he said that they changed the specs which will cause a pretty much nuclear blast if she did anything so when she still attempted to uh, blow up the generator even now knowing but not believing that the specs were changed and were gonna cause a an explosion that would take out a fall of harlem killing everybody she still did it so when miles tries to when he absorbs all the energy if he were to unleash that energy like he does with the other generators uh he would die and things would explode so she just kind of sacrifices herself to take the blast and her death didn't mean anything to me. It really was just like, oh, okay, she's dead now. I didn't, like, Aunt May, when she died, I was like, oh my gosh, that's sad. That is really sad. That, like, Peter's devastated. And this is just like, oh, wow. All right, well, now there won't be a war anymore because, well, she died. She's not trying to be a terrorist anymore. So she was just, it never really made sense for her to do that since she just never believed him but then eventually oh crap he's he was right and i was just believing he was a liar because i don't know i'm dumb or something it just it was stupid she was not a good character in my opinion and i honestly think she was the only character that was bad i think all the other characters even the side characters were still really well done and well written i just don't think finn was at all um but moving on to the next thing, the boss fights were dumb. I did not enjoy them. It was only Rhino. That is it. You fought no one else other than Rhino. Which, to me, seems lazy. Because they chose one enemy, one boss, and were like, yep, that is all you're going to fight from here on out for a boss fight. The only other somewhat boss fight is the Holographic Falcon, and that is like a five-minute battle. But every time else with 
um, uh, Rhino is the same thing except adding armor to him to make him more of a damage sponge. Like, it, it's the same thing over and over again, and it's just not well done like, at all, and I felt it was lazy. I feel like they could have done other things, like like I said before, Mysterio, Dr. Curtis, smaller villains like that, just not the same boss. It's just lazy, in my opinion. But again, that might just be a me thing. Now, I talked about this earlier, but naming the bioelectricity Venom is a really stupid idea. I mean, especially because the next game they teased is going to be Venom. Actually, they had already teased it before Miles Morales. In the first game, they showed that Harry was being kept alive by a symbiote, Venom, in his tank. So, naming it Venom is dumb, because they obviously had prior knowledge that Venom was a character and a villain in the franchise. So, naming it Venom, while then having hit Miles Morales using that same power in the next game with Venom, is going to get really confusing. They could have named it anything else, but they chose the same name as a something that already exists in the in the universe. A big villain. Everybody knows Venom. The movies had already been out by the time this game came out. So it was really stupid in my opinion. They could have just kept bioelectricity or come up with a better name than naming it Venom. And it didn't even make sense. It was yellow electricity. And they're like, mm-hmm, yeah, let's name it Venom. So that's smart. I just thought that was dumb. Uh, but moving on. The dankiest was the kind of substitution for J. Jonah Jameson's uh, Just the Facts in the first game, which was absolutely hilarious. I never skipped those. I thought those were hilarious. J. Jonah Jameson is by far one of the best characters in all of Spider-Man. But the dankiest was supposed to be a more modern and more woke version of that podcast. And while she was funny sometimes, it really was just unnecessary. There was no real comedy to it. It was just, hey, you just, hey, you know how you just fought that battle? Well, now she's going to explain it to you what just happened five minutes ago in like 30 seconds. And then boast about how she's getting a ton of followers. That's literally all the dankiest was. And she would just kind of come on all the time and just do nothing. It wasn't funny. It was just here's what just happened five minutes ago, and it didn't even summon it. It didn't need to sum anything up because it just happened. It wouldn't be stuff that happened like really far ago, like a long time ago in the game. It would be stuff that just happened. Like you would get out of the battle, swing around, and then hey guys, that's the dankiest. Uh, Dana Hart here. Um, yeah, that's right. That What just happened five minutes ago, I'm going to tell you what just happened because I bet you, you don't remember. It was dumb. And J. Jonah Jameson even went on like in his podcast and is like, your podcast is dumb. Where is your hatred for Spider-Man? Like, what? I want pictures of spider Like, even though he wasn't the main podcast anymore, because Miles even turned it off because he thought that uh, Peter having it, his suits autoplay it was a form of masochism. He turned it off, and you could change settings to do it. I didn't do that, just in case it got funny. But I still preferred listening to Just the Facts with J. Jonah Jameson because it's just better, in my opinion. There was no, like, comedy to the dankiest podcast like there was with J. Jonah Jameson. But moving on, um, 
I understand why they had you learn the web swinging skills. Like I said, with Peter's challenges, you had to do web swinging challenges. And to do those, you earn web swimming, web swimming, yeah, swinging skills. And those exact skills Peter already had at the beginning of his game. You had those the whole game. But in this, you have to do the tiered challenges to unlock those. And I completely understand why they did that. It makes sense to me. I just didn't like it. I just thought it was dumb. I go from playing that game where you have them right off the bat, straight up, to, oh, crap, now I'm really slow, and I can't propel myself forward or go fast when swinging. I have to do these three different challenges to even go faster while swinging. So it just, I don't know. It was kind of dumb, but it made sense in my opinion, so it's not a huge thing. But I, I just would rather have those skills right off the bat like any other one. This was my big thing when playing the game, was the game was one big cutscene. The, the game itself was already short enough, but it was so... It was just all cutscenes, and all the cutscenes were really long. Like, I get it, they're trying to like show the power of the PlayStation 5, but they put way too many in. I just thought it was a movie sometimes. The end of the game was just a cutscene. Like, you got to move maybe, like, a little bit to, like, absorb the energy from the reactor, but all you're doing is moving forward slowly and pressing square a few times, and then the rest of the game is a cutscene. Like, it, there were so many cutscenes that just didn't need to be there that they could have had just them walking as you follow them like you did in the other game. Like, I get it. The cutscenes looked, I mean, amazing, but just you didn't need as many. Um, and another thing is a plot hole. Genki is a high school student, right? Or maybe, like, junior, maybe, maybe sophomore. And he's over here making an app, like, this big app that, like, takes a lot of time and effort to make, probably. I'm not a programmer. But he makes it in a single night, like, literal hours, that alerts people, that allows for people to send in things, like, send in, like, requests for help, uh, report criminal activity, and also tunes into police scanners, and all that, and then reports them back to Miles, and he added animations and all that, and all that, and it's just, in a single night, like, four hours? Because he did, he started it late at night, and I'm like, how? I don't know, just kind of a plot hole. It didn't really make much sense, especially because it was just him on a little laptop, but I don't know. Again, just something weird in my opinion, but whatever. Movie magic, plot, all that. Um, And I already <laughs> talked about how the punches didn't really do much. They didn't really feel like they were hitting anything you were just they would just kind of stand there and take the hits until you use bioelectricity so we have reached the final decision and my final decision is and this was actually a lot harder to make than i thought it was going to be i thought i was going to get to the end of this and be like oh yep i know exactly which one i'm going to choose but this took me a couple of days honestly to figure out which one i really thought and it was a tough decision I'm going to say Spider-Man the first game is better in my opinion. And the reason being is it was longer, the DLCs were better, the characters were good, um, the fighting was good, the writing and voice acting was also good, the DLCs 2 of 3 were good. Um, and I, But I mean, I am going to say I love Miles Morales. Miles Morales had things better than the other Spider-Man did, like stealth, and had better suits than in the other game. But I just think the other Spider-Man was just better. Was just better. It was more well done. They spent a lot more time on it. It wasn't just one big cutscene. 
Um, the main, one of the main villains wasn't really bad and stupid. It just, but like I said, I recommend you play both of these games. They are absolutely incredible, and I love them, and I cannot wait for the third game. And while each of them had their pros and cons, I do think uh, the original Spy- the first Spider-Man was the better one um, when compared to Miles Morales. But again, that is just my opinion. If you listen to this and you're like, mm, I, I think Miles Morales is probably better, then that's you. You know what? You can think that. I just personally think the other one was better after playing it. But I think that's going to end this episode. I hope you enjoyed the new um, episode, like the new type of one I'm doing. Um, they should be longer than normal reviews, and I hope that um, these do well. And if they do, I will continue to do more of these, comparing different game series and franchises and all that. Because I really enjoyed making this. This was fun. This took me a very long time to get the data for and write the script and all that and come to a decision. And it was fun. I got to play games um back to back and just kind of judge them and see like really detail like with them detail oriented which i wouldn't have when i was just casually playing them so um it was really cool it was fun to do so i hope you guys enjoyed this um but yeah that's gonna end it today see you guys